have some ideas for Indigotopia and how we can all build together. Exact models like that that are like down to the middle of space. We all share <laughs> equally. That's that's righteous smart contract shit right there. Mm -hmm. I need righteous smart contracts. Welcome back to On-Chain Experiments, where we talk with the creators, collectors, and dApps building on Web3. Today, King of the Indigos and musician Io Tami joins us to discuss Indigotopia, his new project Indigo Rap, and righteous smart contracts. I hope you enjoy. Io Tami, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Indigo Rap, I know you've been working on for a while, um, but for the people that aren't aware, I know you've got a track Peon that's out already, but uh, tell us the story of Indigo Rap and kind of where the project's at and where it's going. Well, the story of Indigo Rap, um, in order to tell you that, I got to tell you the story of Indigotopia, which I'll, uh, I'll keep it brief, brief, uh, brief, uh, Buff, buff, uh, brief, uh. <laughs> um, so Indigotopia, Indigotopia is, uh, is my brainchild. It is a, it is a story and a, a world that, um, I was blessed. I was blessed to be able to download. Um, it's, it's hard for me to even claim ownership over it because, um, the concepts that are touched on in this narrative are concepts that have been around for thousands of years um just kind of with a with a with a, a modern flavor on it um so briefly indigotopia is an exoplanet uh it is a planet that exists in a different dimension uh but within the same physical space as earth um on indigotopia live the indigos which are spirit beings um Many of them, most of them have been alive for hundreds of thousands of years. And uh, they are a sort of, they're a manifestation of Indigotopia, which is basically a planet of, of love. Um, on Indigotopia, the, the air is sweet and, and rich. The colors are more saturated. Um, the way we have um, objects and different different things that are all individual and all of their colors are individual and there's sharp differences between everything. Um, all of the colors on Indigotopia flow into one another and everything um, basically exists uh, in a symbiotic harmony with, with, with everything else. So the Indigos, um, they're in the form of children and uh, basically, when a when a planet in a lower dimension um, is in need of help with the transcendence process, um, indigos will come down from Indigotopia to aid with that. That's part of their that's part of their mission. That is how they feed love back into the earth and and, and come back and and that um, love continues to expand. Um, the indigos go through something called the wrapping process, which is where they, they assume a physical ego body uh, in order to navigate the third dimension. So the same bodies that we have, they start off as spirit and then they go through the wrapping process and become, you know, physical in order to navigate the third dimension. Um, their mission is to wake up potential indigos, uh, to wake up the indigo, the indigo potential in every human being. Um, by shining what is called ultralight through their creations, uh, conversations, and interactions. All the while resisting a force that is called the lull, um, which manifests in a, in, a, in a multitude of ways. And it's a force that basically comes with the third dimension, um, Earth, and interacts with the, the, the ego body to suppress and to put the inner indigo child to sleep. So they're resisting a force that is working against them to put them to sleep 
while they're on a mission to wake up potential indigos. Um, and that is, that is pretty much the, the, the general synopsis and the mission. Um, the story right now revolves around uh, an indigo named Indigo 432. Um, and he comes to Earth and is wrapped in a physical body called Ayotemi and uses this physical body um, and its talents to navigate the third dimension and wake up potential indigos, right? So Peon, which is out right now and is the first song on Indigo Rap, um, let me backtrack a little bit. Indigo Rap itself is a project, is Indigo 432's um, first person account and uh, expression through music of his journey as an indigo on earth, uh, dealing with, with ego, dealing with the physical body, navigating the earth, uh, remembering his purpose. Because when, you know, when he's wrapped up in the physical body, um, all of the knowledge and all the information that is constantly shared on Indigotopia cannot fit into a physical body. So he has to go through the process of realizing his mission again, and then moving on it. Um, and that's what the song Peon is. Um, I done came long way since Peon. Now I'm king like Leon. That's, that's describing um, him starting without realizing his power um, as an indigo and realizing his status as an indigo, you know, um, and then when he realizes it, he becomes a king, you know. And then at the end of the song, stay grounded, stay golden. Mountain hills and rivers will move over you. Don't doubt it, you're chosen. You are of the end of God. So now he's assumed his mission and he's carrying out the mission of telling other indigos that you are indigos, you are chosen. Mountains and rivers will move over you. Like, you have tremendous power. Um, you're tremendously loved. And it is, it is your birthright. You've simply been put asleep. And when you realize this power, um, you begin to manifest creatively, uh, you know, uninhibitedly. And you also, um, you know, there's other indigos. You, you become part of a team an army that is fighting against, fighting the war against disharmony and fighting against the lull and the forces that are manifested through the lull and the third dimension, you know, that don't want humans to wake up. Um, so yeah, that's Peon. Yeah, that one's out. That one's out on Webtoon Web 3. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Wow. That gave me goosebumps. That... Like I want to, I want to ask you where did this come from? But you started off, and you already said it was. It was a download. Been around for it's thousands crazy. of years. It's been gifted to you. You just yeah. told a story that I feel I can relate to with fighting the lull, and yep. and then you came in and gave us a little bit of raps too. So may, maybe rather than asking where the story came from, I might be able to ask kind of where your story of uh, being in this physical rapper. Uh, this rapping, uh, how did you get started in music and in, in this physical, physical plane? Like what, tell me the story of uh, how Ayo Tami has uh, kind of grown into the musician you are now, of just having this incredible story you're telling with Indigotopia and Indigo. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long, it's been a long journey, a long time coming. Um, but I mean, I started off, I started off, you know, with, with rhythm. I, I would say rhythm, rhythm was gifted to me so that I'd be able to find my way home, so that I'd be able to remember that I'm an indigo, you know, and that I have, you know, find my way home. You know what I'm saying? Um, I started off playing, you know, just using my hands or beating on any surface I could pause um, until my mom got me some, some drumsticks. And then I would, you know, I would drum on everything. She was tremendously patient with me. I would be in the car on the back of her seat, drumming. I can only imagine how annoyed I was. Um, but she, you know, she encouraged me. Um, and then I moved to Nigeria when I was around 10 years old. Um, 
and I met a boy named Emmanuel who was probably like six at the time, I was like 10. And he was a master drummer. He was like six years old. Um, when we first pulled into my father's compound in Ibadan, Nigeria, he was across the street um, with two twigs beating on a metal pole, the most intricate beats I've ever heard. So casual, he was, he was looking around, you know, just being, but also being in the rhythm. And, you know, the next morning I ran over there and asked him to teach me. Um, and it got to the point, you know, he told me to just go grab two, two sticks. And he didn't, he didn't really tell me anything. We just started drumming and, you know, we would drum every day. And after a while, we started to converse with, with rhythm and we would tell jokes and laugh, you know, and have conversation through, through rhythm. Um, and that's, I think that's, that's, you know, that's where the core of my, of my rhythm came from. Um, you know, and I was singing, I was singing stuff. I remember the first, the earliest song I ever remember singing was Let It Burn by Usher. You know, and this was, was pre-pubescent, you know what I'm saying? I was hitting the highest of notes, you know? Um, and my voice was kind of cool. I like how it sounded. Um, but, you know, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I'm 17. Now, I'm back in America. I've been back for, for, for a while now. Um, and I'm singing in the choir. You know, I just love music. I'm singing in the church choir, harmonizing, you know, just, just doing it because I like it. And um, I discovered weed. And um, I noticed that when I would smoke weed and I would sing praise and worship, uh, the veil between myself and the spirit would be thinner. I would feel closer to God, if you will. Um, but the church was telling me it was a sin. So, you know, naturally I was very conflicted. You know, um, I, I grew up, I grew up in church, African black church. And, you know, they, they did the whole fear thing, but I never really found myself deathly afraid of hell or anything like that. I just wanted to, I knew that there was, there was God. I could feel it. Um, and I just wanted to be on good terms with God. Um, so, you know, this created tremendous conflict in my, in my young mind. And um, there was a prayer, there was a prayer retreat that we were going on. I was about 17. And um, I wanted to, to ask God, can I smoke? Like, you know, if I'm not supposed to smoke, just let me know and I'll stop. Like, I, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be able to hear from God if I go to the mountaintop and ask him to speak to me. So that was my whole, my whole goal. Um, during that prayer retreat, I just wanted to hear from God. And um, God had a lot, you feel me? God had a lot more to say to me than what I was asking. <laughs> um, during, during praise and worship, one of those nights, I was, I was singing and I started crying uncontrollably. Um, I started sweating, speaking in tongues. I'd never spoken in tongues before. Uh, I fell in fetal position on the floor. I was completely consumed with um, the, a spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I was, I was young, I was unjaded, and I was, I was ready to receive, you know, I was seeking God. Um, and in the midst of this, this, I don't even know what to call it, I heard a voice in my head say, uh, you are a minister. You are a minister. I didn't even know what that meant, really. You know, I called my mom, I'm crying on the phone, speaking in tongues, praying for her. Like, mom, I'm a minister, I'm a minister, I'm a minister, I'm crying. She might still have the voicemail until today because she, she, she wasn't at the phone, so I left her voicemail. Um, and from then is when I, you know, my purpose or an aspect of my purpose was revealed to me that I was a minister. Um, I went and looked it up and I thought at first I was supposed to sing in the church. Um, but you know, through through another another I had sidebar, um, when I was young and coming up, I was I had this this strange anxiety that I was gonna get older, but I wasn't gonna be I wasn't gonna be grown up enough. You know, I'd be in an older body, but I would still be young in the mind, and I was I was really scared that I wasn't gonna be ready to be older. <laughs> 
you know? So um, I remember there was a passage that said, if you ask God for wisdom, he will give you freely. And so that's what I did. I asked God for wisdom. And very shortly after that, it might be the same day or the next day, the word revelation randomly just made sense to me. And I started making revelations about every little aspect of this human experience, my interaction with others, uh, society, and, uh, you know, the way that it is and why. And, you know, it was the beginning of my, my consciousness uh, beginning to elevate. Um, so yeah, I say that to say, um, I learned through revelation that minister didn't mean that I needed to sit in the church and sing to the choir and sing to the, to the people in the, in the pews that already came to church. But I was a minister that was meant to uh, bridge the gap between heaven and earth and act as a vessel by which heavenly sounds and frequencies can be translated into this dimension for people to, to receive and realize that there's more than this. There's more than this three-dimensional confine, you know, um, and minister and, and basically bring heaven to earth. So... That was around 17, and I can say that since I infused uh, my gift with purpose and God's purpose, and you know, made that a focal point in my life, a certain breath, a certain breath of life was breathed into my art, into my music. That is, I can't even describe it. You know, sometimes I listen back to my music, and I'm listening just like you all, like you know. <laughs> I'm an audience member, you know. Um, I can I can honestly say that when I'm creating, I just allow the heavenly frequencies to flow through me. Um, everything that I've learned, all the sounds that I've heard, are all stored in like a, a file cabinet in my subconscious, and then that that acts as like a lens or a filter through which heavenly frequencies flow through me and my experiences and my voice and my ideas and my youthfulness and my swank, you feel me, and my grooviness and manifest into the music which I was hearing today. Um, yeah. You speaking about your spiritual journey is uh, reminding me of, uh, I, I gravitate pretty heavily to the books of wisdom and you talking about speaking in tongues and also being called to be a minister reminds me, I can't remember the word exactly, but it's like uh, there are priests and there are prophets. Both are important, um, but it's more important to be a priest than to be a prophet. It's more important to be able to guide people than to just be able to speak in tongues. Because while it's important to be able to speak in tongues and hear uh, God's word in whatever language it's spoken to you. If you're speaking in tongues, the people around you can't understand. And so your ability to guide other people uh, to heaven or to the, to the spiritual plane is not going to be as effective as if you're a minister and you can directly relate with uh, the other challenges that are going on to the people around you. And it gives me goosebumps to just hear you kind of uh, playing with that balance of being both a priest and a prophet of, of seeing the future and speaking in tongues, but also being able to create the work that you're creating now of telling the story of Indigo Rap, of telling the story of Indigo Topia, and telling this story that's just super relatable to us, like normal people. So good, good work, like bridging that balance just kind of organically. The and and and, and real quick, just about um, speaking in tongues. You know, speaking in tongues isn't really uh, it. So basically, words get in the way. You know what I'm saying? When you're communicating with the spirit, words can get in the way. Um, the spirit is about energy. The spirit is about intention. The spirit is about pictures and visions. You can pray without words. You can you can pray. You can pray an image. And speaking in tongues is the physical language um, that is not hindered by, you know, it's not, anybody can do it, you know what I'm saying? Um, of course, you have to be 
you have to be in a certain level of tune to the most high. But I'm just saying that to say it's not some, it's not human. This is that's that's the point of everything I'm doing, yo, is that human beings just need to realize the power that we have, that is our birthright. You know, it is our birthright to be able to speak to and hear from God and speak in tongues and you know see the future and all of that stuff like it's our birthright to be able to do that so i just wanted to clarify that for people that are listening like yo he's he's different bro i'm like yo i'm indigo and i realize i'm indigo and it's my job to help you realize that you're indigo too yeah that's it's a question i had is there any significance behind the specific word or color of of indigo you mentioned the indigotopia there's a lot of saturation in the color the air is sweet is there any significance for you around indigo like the color of the word well indigo um have you heard of well this is for this is for everybody so indigo indigo child right um the indigo children are youth that have been that are born during a particular time in the story that's happening here on earth. All of these things that are happening were preordained, prophesied thousands and thousands of years ago. There's books, you know, there's some, some cultures call them the, uh, the rainbow warriors. Some call us the warriors of the light. You know, there's a bunch of different names. It's the youth, a force of nature that is here to resist the, the uh, I call them the inorganic ones. You know what I'm saying? To resist disharmony. Um, indigo and the narrative of Indigotopia is just, it's just, it's just a narrative for people to understand these very complex concepts. Um, at the end of the day, this is a war between light and darkness. And we are the warriors of the light. Um, the whole Indigotopia story, you know, there's there's been there's there's a whole lot of stuff in uh, in society that makes that you know it's very strategic. Um, you know, God as a word has a certain rhetoric to it now because of conditioning. You know, um, there's certain key concepts and universal truths that are um, that that create a lot of pain in a lot of people. And that's by design, you know. So indigo is a way to kind of disqualify all of the lines of religion, all of the things that would stop us from receiving the message. And just makes it cool. And just makes it, you know. But but there, I mean, there is there is definitely importance behind the word indigo. It's not just a random, you know. I, I wasn't just gonna call this like you know, feel me, sock people or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, indigo, indigo itself is um that's that's dealing with with high higher vibration, higher frequency. Um, let, let me see how best to explain this. I mean, if you look up the word indigo, it's associated with integrity, creativity, loyalty. Um, the indigo children. Um, it deals with like the light spectrum and the, and the chakras. And basically uh, humans being born with a, uh, the, the, the line that divides between the physical and the spiritual is thinner. Um, you know, the indigo kids, if you look them up, there's, there's indigo kids that are born, they come to earth and they tell their parents that, uh, you know, I chose you, I chose to be in this family. You know, I was, I was watching you guys. And I remember my previous, you know, my previous family, my previous body, and they'll travel and go and see them. And the kid will be able to identify members of the family. You know, that's, that's, ha that's happened. That's happening. Um, there's kids that they're, they're born and they have ex extraordinary talents for art. Um, and they literally draw and paint the dimensions that they're coming from you know, and the beauty and the things that they've seen from their memory because they haven't forgotten because the veil between the physical and the spiritual for them is thinner. And that's because of the time. Um, we're in a time right now on earth where everything's accelerated. Uh, I believe we're reaching a, uh, a climax 
fever pitch and um, everything is moving faster. Um, the forces of good and evil are working at an all-time high. There's a there's a there's an evolution that's happening on all layers, you know, on on all levels. Um, I mean, even Web two to Web three is a is a testament to that. You know, there's a there's a transition a transition happening, and the Indigo Kids are here during this particular time in our uh, in our Earth story, our human story, to uh, to help balance and to help restore balance. And, yeah, and I think you've got very unique thoughts on the balance of Web 2 and Web 3. But bef before we dive into that, I, I want, I'd love to hear your story of how you even came upon Web 3. Like you definitely have a strong spiritual background, and you've developed this ability to communicate um, in ways that don't have to be words what what's the story of how you discovered and kind of came down this web three rabbit hole with your storytelling and your yeah it's it's kind of crazy um indigotopia as a story and concept came to me right before i i realized what web three, well before i learned about web three and what you know the potential for building community and all of these things i had no idea about it when the story came it was the same month that I found Web3. Um, and my first introduction to, to NFTs, I, I'd been hearing about them and I didn't really understand it. I was, I was, I was kind of getting into crypto because of the, uh, the way the market was moving, people making money. Everybody was in the, in the crypto. Um, but I found Mint Songs and I went on there and saw how this music thing like for so long you know being in web 2 it's been about okay how do i get streams how do i get the algorithms how do i get all the playlists you know my numbers and all that kind of stuff and when i got on mint songs it was like it was it was blissfully apparent to me um kind of like the underground nature of, of music like the the core of music was restored, you know, like just putting music up freely, buying and selling music from people who not everybody, like nobody knows this music is here, you know. Um, and I kind of just, I was kind of actually fell in love with it, you know. First of all, the fact that you can charge however much you want for your music. You know, when I first started uploading, I was like, yo, my music, bruh, five ETH, <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> like, I know, I know the energy that goes into this. I know that this music is priceless. But then I was like, yo, if my music is priceless, then why don't I sell it for a dollar? You know, what? I don't know, like wisdom. These things just started being revealed to me, like my whole approach i was in in different rooms talking about bro like why don't you sell your art for cheap and worry about making money on the secondary market so that you can build community so that more people can hold your art you know i was saying this and people were looking at me like i was crazy you know um yeah that's like, actually a great question at the end of the yeah i think a lot of people have this like i've been in some of mint songs twitter spaces and i hear some musicians come up you know, like, I know what my music is worth. I put a lot of time into this. I've been building mm -hmm. this experience for decades. I'm going to list my song right. underneath and like my music's going to get appreciated. And then I also will see you drop like, hey, uh, the Ukraine's having this issue. I'm trying to spread awareness. I'm going to drop this piece at less than a penny. Like how, how do you as a creator kind of weigh that balance between wanting to get paid what you're worth and also like want like, charging low enough to make your music accessible. How do you play with that balance? Well, um, you know, you could call this kind of like, I don't, I don't think it's arrogant, but it's like, my music is priceless. So an ETH is too little. Two, three, five ETH is still, like I said, priceless. You know what I'm saying? 
So it removes my music from that, from the confines of, of money and what, uh, you know, value in the way that we understand it. Um, if it's priceless, then it's, you know, it should be free almost, you know? Um, and I'm, and I'm definitely playing with that. I'm definitely playing with that balance. I mean, the, because it's priceless, um, where I derive value from is building community, you know, having people actually connect with the music, own it, feel it, and be a part of it is priceless to me. So that is in alignment with the value of my music at this, you know, at this stage. Um, of course we are, we are building and, you know, in order for the, the NFTs that I've sold even to increase in value, uh, the price, ha I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. Um, but I know that, you know, making certain, making certain gradual, gradual growth with community rather than trying to get quote unquote paid what I'm worth, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm worth more than all that, you know, that's how I feel. So yeah, but this, like the next release, this, hap this happened on the 18th, which uh, we'll, we'll get into that deeper. Um, I am, I'm gonna do a one of one and it is gonna be priced higher to kind of set a bar of growth, you know? And that's why, you know, it's, it's a different, money, money means something different within this space. You know, it's not the same, like, I did this, I worked these hours, I put this time in, give me my money to reciprocate my work. I feel like there's a deeper, there's a deeper thing, there's a deeper thing going on. Um, I don't know, it just, it just, I don't know. I'd love to double click on this balance you you have between web two and web three. I, I wrote down the first thing that you said when you started talking about web three was building community. And when you doubled back to web two, you were talking, how do I work the algorithm? And these feel like two very different principles or very different mental models around how you're marketing and creating and, and just communicating with your fans. But when we first jumped on this call before we went on air, you were very clear that you were like, Peon is available as both Web3 and Web2. And this drop you're doing on the 18th, mm -hmm. also part of Indigo Rap, is going to be on Web2 mm -hmm. and Web3. And you're, you're like very intentionally saying Web2 and Web3. And so it well, seems like both of these have a place in your creator tool belt. Um, for other musicians that are listening, and I feel a lot of musicians probably think it's a, it's a binary. Either I'm putting something on Spotify or I'm releasing it as an NFT and I can't do both. But I like your mental model of like, why can't we do both? But for, for musicians out there listening, like, well, yeah, go I ahead. Gotta, I, gotta, I gotta correct you. That, that's not my, uh, my mental model. So on the 18th, I'm gonna release a song strictly on Web2, and then I'm gonna release a song strictly on Web3 on the same day. So I'm gonna release two songs. And um, both of these songs, represent what web two and web three mean to me you know it's not like i wrote and i was like this is my web two song and then it's my web three song you know um as an as a person we are navigating being in web two and web three that's just the truth of the matter you know what i'm saying we are navigating both and it's it's a reflection of the fact that we are navigating both in life as well navigating the physical and we're also navigating the spiritual at the same time and the divide between web 2 and web 3 highlights this in my opinion you know so on the 18th on web 2 i'm going to release uh, the second single off of indigo rap which like i said the whole project is indigo 432 navigating the third dimension you know navigating navigating earth um I don't want to. I don't want to lock in that concept because I'm still figuring out how I'm gonna continue to do this. But Letterman specifically is a love song. It is um, Indigo 432 experiencing love outside of himself. You know, he was an Indigo on Indigo Topia, where love was the lifeblood of the entire world. You know, so you're experiencing 
optimum love all the time and existing hope and as a product of um, love, you know? So consolidating himself into a physical being and then experiencing love in another physical being is an extremely intense and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, he gravitates towards love because he is love. So to find love and realize and recognize love in a physical being is, it's still dealing with ego though. You know, it's still dealing with the physical interacting with the physical. And so, you know, it's a love song. It's very much so, uh, it's very much so, I don't know, because both, both have elements of both because it's yin and yang. So it's not, it's not one hard left or hard right. Um, but basically, to simplify this, geez, um, Letterman is, is a web two, is a reflection of web two to me, because it is Indigo 432 experiencing the physical ego body. Now on web three, I'm releasing a song called God in My Vegetables. And this will be the feature we release with Mint Songs. And this song is a lot more meditative. Um, it's, it's Indigo 432 reflecting on his mission, reflecting on his power. And you can imagine it as him, you know, going back after a long day of, you know, waking up in the groves and having conversations and sharing his gift and going back home to recharge and tuning his antenna back into Indigotopia uh, and receiving a recharge and reflecting on his mission. And, you know, it's very much so in the spirit, which is why I'm releasing that on Web3, you know? So I'm doing a dual drop that embodies what Web 2 and Web 3 represent to me, you know? And as an artist, I'm constantly navigating both, both in my art and in my physical life, in my, in my life, you know, navigating being in the physical, using words and trying to explain these concepts and then, you know, being in the spirit and, you know, yeah, meditating and, and being of spirit and being in spirit. You know, um, like there's an aspect of me that thinks these thoughts and then there's an aspect of me that needs to put the words together, you know? Um, and that's what I feel like what two and what three are. That makes sense. I, I like that difference. I like that you have a mental model and you're confident in saying it. And I'm, I'm curious of how your community looks because I've, I found you in, in web three. And so the, Iotami that was before Web three, I am pretty ignorant to. Um, have you found that both yeah. of those communities are pretty uh, disjointed and non-overlapping? Like your Web two community consumes you on Spotify and is pretty ignorant to what you're doing on Web three, and the Web three community the same, like loves your NFTs but is not so much on your Spotify. Or do you find there's a lot of overlap between the two? I definitely find that there's a a distinct difference. Because the mental, the mental model, which I love that that phrase, um, is different. You know, it takes a lot of unlearning to understand Web three, and to see the value in it. Um, you know, like I have, I have somewhere around a hundred thousand monthly listeners on uh, on Web two on Spotify, which is is beautiful. And you know, it's it's grazed one fifty, you know, one sixty, and I'm about to release again, so we're about to see, but it's dope that the music is touching people all over the world, you know, and they're resonating and they're feeling the music. Um, like in web three, the Indigotopia community is uh, currently at 54, 54 members. Um, and these are all collectors of my music NFTs. And, you know, to be able to speak directly to and, you know, be in rooms with and, you know, navigate the metaverse with, with people, that resonate with my music and to be able to curate a creative experience for a, uh, a concentrated group of people is priceless to me. It honestly feels better and means more to me. You know, just having actual community, having 54 people in the community feels and means more to me than having a hundred thousand monthly listeners, you know? Um, and I say that more so to stress the, stress the point and stress the difference. I'm, I'm very grateful for both. Um, but like, you know, being able to, it's a different dialogue. It's a different, 
interaction between the creator and the consumer. And I think ultimately, that's like that's like what God wants. You know what I'm saying? Um, God wants fellowship. You know the reason that, and we could get deep, bro. <laughs> but the reason, the reason, the reason why, um, you know, we're here and we're experiencing free will and we can choose right and wrong, is because it means that much more when we choose right, when we choose God. You know, rather than like the angels that don't have a choice. You know, so God wants fellowship. God wants us to return back because we chose to. And that means a lot more, you know, and that's kind of how I feel like having community versus just having like the masses. I don't know. Um, okay. Okay. Another I, I way I could throw put something it. at you. Oh, wait, go um, ahead. It, you, you speaking about the fellowship makes me think uh, Web 2 is kind of like the big church that I think you and I probably both grew up in. Whereas Web3 mm-hmm. is more of the home church um, yeah. and like stretching it more just uh, like in the big Web2 right. church, you've got entities like Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes who right. say, these are the rules. And if you want to be on our platform, you cannot smoke weed because it is wrong. You fall inside of these lines and this is what God says. This is how the rules exist. But mm-hmm. when you go into home church, when you come into Web3, it's a much different community. You're building and talking about God with your friends. You're building and talking about scripture with your friends. And the interpretation is much different when it's applied to a small group of like-minded people than when you're trying to preach to every to 100,000 monthly listeners. It's a much different uh, discussion than when you're talking to 54 close people. Would, does, does that feel appropriate or does that feel like I'm stretching? No, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty appropriate. Um, I'll say like... In, in the big church, which I love that, uh, you know, we have people that that have not prayed, you know, the whole week. They just come to church to get their their, their weekly, all right, I went to church, you know. Um, we have people that are passive in their relationship with God that come to the big church. Whereas like a Bible study on Wednesdays, they're like, you made the decision on Wednesday to take the time to go and study the Bible and, and fellowship with people that are also studying the Bible, it's a different layer and a different, um, a more potent uh, community among Oh. Did I did I lose you, Iotami? See you're on mute. Oh, what the heck? How long was I muted? Uh, about ten seconds. Okay. What was the last thing you heard me say? It started breaking up for a couple seconds around. Uh... Hmm. So right, let me start. Let me start the metaphor. So it's it's just it's just a metaphor to kind of ex- further explain the difference between Web two and Web three. Um, in my opinion. So Nigeria, in Nigeria, we have jollof rice. Um, Nigerians, we have jollof rice. And like, if it's a party, you're making jollof rice for a bunch of people. It's called party rice. This is like you're feeding 100 people. You know, so you're making a huge pot of rice. Um, party rice doesn't ever really taste as good as when mom makes the rice for the family. You know, because when it's more concentrated and it's, uh, it's less... Um, it's, it's, it's more concentrated. It's more potent. The flavors are more potent. Um, whereas in the party rice, like the taste is just, it's just kind of watered down, you know, cause it's, it's for the masses. But like if you're curating a pot of rice for your family, you know, you're putting in extra seasoning, you're, you're tasting it, you're creating something more intentional and more, um, directed at a, you know, rather than for the for the masses. So, yeah, I hope that gave a little clarity on what I'm trying to say. What was that word? Jollof rice. Jollof, yeah, J O L L O F. Jollof rice. I would definitely try some. If I was you. This has been a really incredible conversation, and to as we start to wrap up, I won't. I want to uh, provide some value to some of the listeners outside of what you've already done. Um, 
for experiments. You you found a lot of value. It sounds like playing around on mint songs for musicians that are listening to this and pr- might already be releasing their art on SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes. Are there any experiments you recommend other artists start uh, taking a look at to dip their toes in some on-chain experiments? Sure. Um, I think the most important thing is like with Web3, we can create whatever we want and we shouldn't get too caught up in trying to sell NFTs without creating, without creating, you know. Um, I would say find interesting utilities to attach to your NFTs. You know, whether you're creating a community or whether you're offering something more, you have an opportunity now to uh, create create value and create uh, direct to consumer. You know, you can do anything that you want. So, you know, spend time figuring out exactly what it is you're trying to create. And, you know, I feel like the people that this is meant to receive, it's meant to receive your creations, you know, vibrationally it'll align. Um, Web three is, is very different than Web two. There are different energies at play. You know, authenticity is honored in Web three. Um, you know, pure energy and like mindedness. It's just a different vibe. You know, Web two like you need the, and there's there's overlaps of course, but like it's not as much about authenticity. It's more about how well do you fit the model of what I have been conditioned to believe is successful or beautiful or, you know, so it's a, it's a feedback loop. It's a, it's a downward spiral in my, my opinion. And here we are. You know, so this is a, this is an opportunity to reclaim power and to shift the way that you think about your creations and the people that consume your creations, you know, yeah, just make make dope, make dope shit. Just make dope shit. Bro. And I want to ask what um, any plans you have for the future of the Indigotopia community. I have uh, really enjoyed being in the Indigotopia community, just from my perspective, being in the Twitter group and getting videos of you performing, getting to see what you're wearing, getting to see kind of what's coming down the pipeline. It's it's felt like I am a part of your creative process and I know the other people that are in the Indigotopia community can probably relate. Um, any, any visions of what's to come that you want to share or, uh, or is, is that uh, something you want to keep quiet? Well, um, I have a lot, I have a lot of plans, um, but right now we're focused on expansion and migration. So we're at 54 collectors right now, 54 members in the community. Once we reach 100, um, these will be my first 100 collectors. And um, you know, in the general scheme of all this, these are my these are my ride or dies. These are my day ones. You know, so all of each all 100 collectors will be airdropped a free NFT to signify this fact um, that you are my 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 one of you know what I'm saying part of my original 100. Um, I'm thinking it'll be some music or like some, maybe even a PFP. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's happening at a hundred collectors. We will also migrate a hundred collectors into our own discord where I'll begin to really, you know, have assets that help to tell this story and visuals that tell the story of Indigotopia. And, um, you know, at a hundred people, I'm satisfied with that audience to receive this message. You know, I didn't want to come out the gate with it because not enough people are listening, you know? So at a hundred, we'll have community and we can, and then that's when, that's when it it really starts. (laughs) You know, we have, so. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for bringing God and bringing spirit and bringing vibrations into this episode. It is a very refreshing to, to have these conversations and to get to hear you talk about God, it, uh, they don't happen often in web three. So I just wanted to thank you. And for the, for the last question, you can take us out of this episode. 
anything you want to say if if people are listening and they're members of Indigotopia and you're talking directly to the members of Indigotopia any any parting words for the members of Indigotopia to to bring us out mm -hmm. yeah if you're listening to this and you're like yo still like what what the hell what is Indigo what is all this if you feel over you know if you feel like you are sensitive you're disagree with you know what's happening in society it just doesn't make sense to you when you when you get to, to the bottom of it it's just it doesn't align with your spirit like how could they you know what i'm saying um you're probably indigo if you're creating you don't know why um and you just don't know you know where it's coming from or what to do with it you're indigo you don't know your mission your mission is to wake up other indigos and to help guarantee, which is already guaranteed, the uh, the dub that we're about to take. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you're if you feel like alone, listen, bro, you're not alone. <laughs> you have an army. I'm standing right with you on the front lines. You know what I'm saying you have family. Your voice matters. Your creations are the most important thing this world has ever known. And it's very important that you create. Um, that is the way that your, your ultra light can shine through you. Um, that is not the way. You can, can shine through your smile. You can shine through how you wake up in the morning to shine in a way that you forgive yourself for the mistake you made. You know. But the ultra light shining from you is what's going to heal this world. It's going to you know, wake up the rest of the army. So, yeah. I would ask that you you do and be you 100% because we need that. If you don't do that, then you're shorting all of us. And I don't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? I don't deserve to, to be shorted on yourself. That's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So do you. Be you. And, and be proud of that because you don't want to do you like that. You know? And you're not alone. You're not doing you by yourself. You're an indigo. Gang, gang. Thank you for joining us today, Ayotemi. If you enjoyed that episode with Ayotemi, check out the show notes where I've got links to Ayotemi's Twitter account as well as his profile on Mint Songs so you can connect with him, ask him more questions, and join Indigotopia. Until next time, this is Sweet Mindati signing off. <laughs>